Hello. This is the house on Valencia Street, and I'll be your host. I use explicit language. Topics will include ghosts, the paranormal, psychic ability, incest, rape, domestic violence, femicide, suicide, murder, uh, uh, cultural acceptance of violence against women, and a lot of people being just fine with it, even while me and my family's getting beaten to the hospital, which was wrong, which is one reason I'm talking about it these days. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Uh, therapy, recovery, uh, support groups, 12-step, foster care, emancipation, uh, willful education, kink, BDSM. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Art, joy, play, dance, comedy. <laughs> what else? Uh, let's see. Uh, studying comedians and their history, uh, certainly. Um, and uh, gender, race, and socioeconomic demographics, and how a lot of other demographics, LGBTQ uh, orientation demographics, how these sometimes impact how people perceive you and ways to kind of do things better, right? Um, I'm putting a fence around this place, and this is a house where I grew up uh, for a few years. It was very, it's very haunted. This house still stands, you see. But here at this house, the house on Valencia Street, it's not going to be someone who hasn't been raped telling you how to talk about being raped, because here we get to talk about it from our perspective, from the rape and incest survivor's perspective, okay? Um, I want to create a safe space where I can sit there and go, well, you know, I'm having a flashback or I can't date for a year or two or I need therapy or, uh, you know, I was kissing my partner and then I had a flashback and had to stop, you know, uh, let's talk about it because some of us have to kind of mechanically get through the day and some of us may or may not be of a socioeconomic demographic that can afford a therapist or can afford a medication for therapy uh, or, you know, mental health stuff, you know, so, um, and uh, so my goal here is to be present as someone who has uh, experienced what I've experienced to talk about it and have credibility and, and earnestness. Also, sometimes people who haven't grown up in a family that has psychic ability or has not grown up in a family where, you know, foster care and emancipation were necessary because in my case, at least one pedophile and there were multiple pedophiles in my family. Um, he raped and molested at least eight of us, and there were no consequences for him doing that. And there were multiple men in my family. There were no consequences. I'd say more often than not, the men in my family were molesting or raping their their kin, and we're just right next to you. Or we're in a rural place like Colfax or Walla Walla, Washington, and the cops still turn their backs because maybe they're engaging in the same behavior. In some cases, someone, you know, in my experience, that's what happened. Uh, so, uh uh, you know, I've got some mixed feelings about rural cops, you know, and my mom was married to one who used to be a rural cop. Uh, one of her, her partners was a rural cop, and he's the one that drove me into a foster home because he wanted to do inappropriate stuff with me. See, and my mama knew that. See, So we get to talk about that stuff here and also talk about getting an education, surviving, how you can clock a predator and how you're going to protect yourself. Um, uh, so let's see what else. Uh, Please understand, you got more choices than you know you got, okay? And this is for entertainment purposes only. Um, 
if you've got mental health stuff kicking up, you need to talk to a mental health therapist or someone who's educated enough to help you. And that is not me. I'm not a mental health therapist. Uh, This is for entertainment purposes only. Um, My time is valuable and I do with it what I like. And um, using discernment is part of what brought me here. And uh, you can use your discernment (laughs) because perhaps this content that I'm talking about is something you want to listen to. Uh, Perhaps you're going, oh, yeah, that's some some heavy stuff, although I'm in for it. Come on, let me hear about it. I want to hear what your perspective is on that. And hell, if you got some pointers on how to do things better or to talk to my dead relatives, well, I'm I'm listening. Tell me some more. Um, So what else about that? Well, maybe that's not your content right now. Maybe that's not something you can handle because justifiably you're a PTSD survivor like myself and you have to be careful about what you let into your space um, because consent is important and if consent is not involved with everybody around then it's not a consenting situation which means chances are that wasn't designed in that person's interest see so uh, let's think about this so um, you can consent you can say no you know because maybe you got some shit to get to or maybe um, you know it's a nice night out tonight and it's summer and here the date is uh, March 19th 2022 and you got some things you want to do. Maybe you want to just go have a beer on your porch and talk with your friends and that's more on your mind. Well, that's cool. Um, although, you know, you could do, you can multitask. You could listen to this podcast and then do that too. I mean, that's just an option I'm saying. Although chances are you probably should be talking to your friends if you're having some over on your porch for a summer or March, at least March. It's getting better. Oh, I'm getting frisky though. I, uh, <laughs> the days start getting longer, the days start getting warmer, and there's all kinds of things to do outside, aren't there? All right, so let's go. We got to the preamble. We got to the entertainment purposes only. Okay, this is for that. Okay, oh, I'm trying to read this. Um, this next bit. Uh, I'm doing research on LLCs. I'm doing research on pen names because I still, you know, I want to talk about this content, but I also want to protect the anonymity, you know, people I'm talking about on this uh, podcast for entertainment purposes only. See, setting expectation. Uh, So I'm also trying to flex out and say that my time is valuable. So uh, we'll see how we do here. So I'll share this with you also for the preamble. I'm adding this here. If you seek support, a listening ear, or help sorting ghosts and psychics, perhaps comedians, (laughs) or if you would like healing or help from past relationships or clock and predators or how to be still and find peace and use your discernment in making choices, well, I invite you to email bookachatwiththehost at gmail.com to set up private coaching sessions and chats with me. And my expectation is that that's just going to be us talking and you're, you know, I trade time for different things of interest. So we'll see what, what you might find of interest there. Uh, chances are, if you're going to be talking about God and you're respectful and talking about spirit, um, well, there's all kinds of things to explore there. Yeah. So anyway, there's an option there. Okay. Yeah, I was actually researching pen names this week and trying to figure out what my pen name might be. Because <laughs> I'm going to trademark this. I'm either going to trademark it with a pen name or an LLC or something like this to take responsibility for my content. And also, if you open the door and say, you know, you can talk to me and we'll have to negotiate something, then that opens up liability and such. And I was talking to my insurance broker this week about, okay, what is this? What is that? You know, what? So there's a lot to learn um, in this situation. Um, And also, uh, it's kind of just exploring. I appreciate the process. Okay, so here we go. I think we got through the preamble. You got the check-in, entertainment purposes only. 
uh, you can talk me to me if you want to, maybe. Um, by the way, I may or may not be checking that email on a regular basis because, like I said, this content can be triggering, uh, even for me. <laughs> and I like people having choices, and I like me having choices, too, so that's nice. Okay, um, so, yeah, we'll evaluate that as things come up. All right, let's do a check-in, check-in, do-do-do-do-do, check-in, check-in here at the house on Valencia Street. Uh, whoo, whoo, whoo. uh, I've been inspired through my meditation and prayer process to just take a look at uh, mechanically setting up protection legally for this location here that I'm creating with this podcast since uh, in April, it'll be a year that I've been creating this content. And, um, it's interesting thinking things through and thinking about boundaries and such. It's uh, kind of exciting. Uh, and it makes me feel like I invite a presence for, my spirits and my ancestors to be available and also to heal things, you know, shake up, shakes up some bones, talking about what we live through and then also moves on to the next part. So, all right. So let's see what we got here. Um, this is one of the main topics today that I want to evaluate and kind of dig around in because the concept is a little two or three layers in and it's something that people who can't, uh, people who don't do mediumship or people who don't reach out or have spirits talk to you in between, like I've talked about, my family comes from a long line of psychics here. And we understandably, because they burn witches, I mean, look at the Crusades if you want to take a look at a particular religion doing a particular thing in Europe, right? Or take a look at the news today. I mean, coming to this microphone after, you know, it's, it's like that whole process of, um, one of my meditation mentors talks about how you don't have to listen to the news every day. You know, you could actually sit there and get your meditation practice out of the way. And then you got to get to the evaluation of, you know, um, do I need to be informed or do I need to be sane? Because sometimes that's the struggle, right? So, but one of the things that while we're trying to evaluate how much news we watch, because I'm crying and, you know, learning about you, I've learned more about the Ukraine uh, than I've ever known in my life. And that's the other thing I resent a lot. Um, given these new problems that we have faced, uh, the COVID pandemic, uh, the uh, bifurcation or striated nature of uh, the 74 million that voted for the former guy and think that that's sane, right? And the former guy backed Putin, and Putin likes to kill babies in the Ukraine and use the words ethnic cleansing while he does it. He likes to quote Hitler and Stalin while he's doing it. Okay. So it's really traumatizing to acknowledge what is and to acknowledge that, you know, if you want to evaluate narcissistic personality disorder or empathy disorder, we'll take a look at Putin. Okay. Because that's, I mean, if you listen to folks, and the thing is, people like this, they're like robots. They're just going to repeat the same thing over and over again. And it's once you understand that these types of people talking to these people and trying to reason with these people ain't going to work. Okay. They just ain't interested, you know, unless it suits them. And when they get past that point, they're going to need to be, um, they'll mechanically need to be stopped from what they're doing. There's no other way to stop them. You know, and the thing is that takes a lot of effort, doesn't it? Right. Just like offering a foster home to a foster kid, just like offering a refugee a place. And I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about this Ukraine war and I keep seeing, you know, am I going to offer my home out here to one or two refugees? You know, I keep thinking about that because this would be a calm, quiet place. 
um, that I don't want to, I love my freedom, you know, and I'm surrounded by people who voted for the former guy, although I don't see them hosting refugees, um, although I might, I'm thinking about it. So anyway, okay, uh, that's part of my meditation process, and some, part of my meditation process is uh, visualizing them being healthier and happier, even though that's what I can do right now. Um, although there's more I can do. Um, there's all kinds of places online uh, to help with that. And I don't have any that I've researched that I can recommend, but there's lots of ways to help for sure. So <clears throat> in these days of times when it's really difficult, you might want to turn to people that you loved or people that have passed on and have crossed over. Uh, I think with the animals, they call it the rainbow bridge. They call about it talking about the rainbow bridge. And, um, I've got some animals that I still talk to and think about. As a matter of fact, I don't have any tattoos right now, but there's a couple of memorial tattoos I want to get. One of them is for a, a pet of mine um, that I loved quite deeply for a couple decades. So um, when you want to check in and think about connecting to your dead relatives or dead people that you loved, there's all kinds of motivations that can go on there that you have to be mindful of, right? When you set a table for the dead, right? To invite them to come visit with you. And I want to share how I end up wandering into places where dead people's talking to me or dead spirits were talking to me and how, number one, I was told to trust it in my family. Uh, regardless of whatever we was living through, psychic ability is something that we could not deny in my family. See, and we could reproduce it, uh, you know, for uh, we could have reproducible results with it. See, and it's kind of like when I was in foster care and they kept giving me IQ tests because it's like 147, that can't be right. Take another test. 153, that can't be right. Give her another test. They couldn't accept that a poor girl in foster care had a genius IQ. Okay. And that they wouldn't be talking to my AP English or my chess club or my academic decathlon coaches. They'd be sitting there going, we don't think a poor girl who's in a foster home can get that high of an IQ, therefore. <laughs> and so they wouldn't see it because they had these unconscious biases. And by the way, I'm going to throw out a new phrase, uh, break the bias, break the bias about acknowledging the bias with gender discrimination and all kinds of things. But on International Women's Day, I learned about the break the bias. And there's a body language of crossing your hands in front of you and saying break the bias. And I, I, I love that new language, just like the word devaluing time. Because a lot of women and people with black and brown skin and gays and lesbians and all kinds of LGBTQIA plus uh, trans, um, you know, differently abled uh, deaf people. Uh, I was, I had a partner who was deaf and it, it was, um, I had to communicate differently. You know, I had to adjust and adapt and it was worth it. You know, it was growing. It felt good to, to be present with that person. Um, so how do you set the table for the dead? If you want to talk to these people and bring them to talk to you, um, what does that look like? You know, if you want to invite it. Now, some of that's coming through to me just genetic, but also I got a fertile environment where I got a family that said, you can believe these things and some of these things are true. And also get to this also, this disclaimer, if it's soothing mentally and it causes someone to feel joy and loved and nurtured and connected and it's not hurting anybody, then Use your discernment, okay? And also, when you're making these decisions, I'm banking on you using your discernment to make decisions about what's correct for you when you're listening to an entertainment podcast. For example, Fear Factor. Uh, I think that was uh, 
a particular person was famous and connected to that. Or there are several different entities where you're dealing with people, you know, survivor, people doing extreme things that may or may not be in their best interest. And to emulate those may not be in your best interest and you need to, you know, use your discernment, right? So getting back to this though, uh, talking to the dead. Okay. So what happens and how do I know when I'm talking to the dead? Well, here's some things I do to get there. Okay. First thing is meditation or prayer. I'm doing that about 15, 20 minutes a day. Now I fight like hell sometimes to get to it. Sometimes I'll do everything but that. And I, and the power of my resistance and the power of my oppositional energy sometimes is something to behold. <laughs> I think sometimes when you're defined, when you're uh, subjugated, when you're told that your work, even though it's higher accuracy, is worth 40% to 50% less pay from a two-letter Fortune 100 hardware company that you spent years putting your life into. Not that I got a list of resentments on that. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, it's hard to figure out your worth and it's hard to trust your perceptions of things because your question your, your perceptions are questioned okay well devaluing that's a word that people of a particular race gender socioeconomic demographic might do to your work okay and then you're going to have to learn through time and process that that was discrimination that the me too boom it gave us an education about a lot of women whose work has been sacrificed or devalued because of gender demographic bias and um everybody being just fine with it which is one reason i started this podcast so let's talk about a couple concepts about talking to the dead and what their perspective might be and talking to you and why they would want to okay um, i'm going to talk about a couple of different mentors that i'm thinking back on and some of these might be controversial to you but they're people that were part of my knowledge base learning about spirit okay the first thing is it's going to be tarot readers and people at psychic fairs that are available to this process and to go out there and put their worth out there. The second thing is the fact that we're going to acknowledge that psychic ability, and I've done research on this with this podcast already, going all the way back to Latin roots and Greek roots, right? Uh, psychic ability was created by a man who swindled women, like Tinder Swindler did, uh, all the way back, uh, let's see, the psyche and Cupid, you know, that whole myth was created by a guy that we documented was not so good and he didn't treat genders very fair. Well, okay. So we acknowledge the psychic ability. The word comes from feminized or feminine knowledge and power. And that is something that was written about uh, in a particular way. And that's where that word comes from. The people who that's talking about, though, might want to create their own word, right? For example, I use the word dyke when I'm talking to lesbian friends or gay by les friends. I'll use the word dyke. And sometimes I'll use the word, the F word. <laughs> if they use the word, they like the word. And, and I am a member of that class. I don't, I feel comfortable using dyke. Okay. I'm not saying, now, if you use dyke and you ain't a gay by les person, I, that's not going to feel good to me. Right. Especially the tone, the context. If it has to do with us being treated equal or being paid fairly. Yeah. You know, and I, I get to control that and consent to it. And if I don't, then somebody else, I'm not consenting to somebody else's party, somebody else's script. Right. Okay. So getting back to this thing, how are you going to quiet the chatter and how are you going to sit there and listen and know that that quiet little voice, kind of like your intuition or your uh, discernment is going to come through. Okay. So let's, I'm going to think about a couple of, I'm going to give an example of one situation where somebody thought a voice came through. So the first thing you got to think about is you got agendas. I know I got agendas and I got ways that I see someone like my mother who passed on. And so there's things about my mama being passed on that are going to emotionally satisfy me. Think about her on. Now, let me give you an example of that. I have a sister. 
And uh, one of my sisters I refer to as the French one. The French one. I do not use her name. Uh, I, I refer to her as the French one. Um, she... Uh, <clears throat> my mother's most common statement about this person was, quote, I'd hate to be bleeding on her doorstep, quote, this particular sister, uh, the woman that I love the most, the person that I look towards the most that taught me about love and survival and taking responsibility and changing, referred to one of my sisters uh, as an abusive person and someone who she would not want to be vulnerable with, she would not want to be bleeding with. Okay. And ironically, the night my mother died, um, uh, her yelling and screaming at my mother was why my mama was sobbing and crying the night before she had her heart attack and died. Okay, so this particular sister, I've got some resentments and illogical, I've got some feelings about her that I ain't never going to change because also she feels fine doing that. She feels just fine with it. She, she lacks empathy and she's fine with it. Um, she made a decision to make a contractual agreement with someone to have them pay their room and board, and she bred babies for him. She bred a couple babies for him, and she content, con she continued the line that she was contractually obligated to make. <clears throat> and in that conservative Christian land, where they put chastity rings on their daughters to to save their virginity for Christ, and then their daughters bear children at fifteen. And they say, well, it must be God's plan, but they didn't educate their children with uh, choice and consent so they could decide if they wanted to have sex or not because they were underage. See, these are the problematic things where you go, this person was just fine with that, no matter the consequences for everybody else. See? So the French one, I struggle with a lot uh, because uh, we see things a little different, right? That being the case, um, when we were still trying to connect and mourn and grieve after mom had died, uh, one of the things is she said, oh, I, in my meditations and prayers, mom talked to me, mother talked to me. <laughs> and she told me this, I ate too much. Mom told me I ate too much. She told me that in meditation and prayer. Can you believe that? <laughs> no, pause. The person saying that is appearance-based. She spent a lot of money on makeup and clothing. And uh, shaming and judging people for their body image was a big big part of her identity. She based a lot of her identity on that, my perception of things. So this person who is my sister was telling me that, well, mom passed away and, and I've meditated on it. She told me that she ate too much and she took some responsibility for it. Okay. And I'm going to pause for a second. Of my mother's four children, I was the last one to be with her. I was the last one to spend weeks taking care of her, getting her to a lawyer. She had some financial and medical issues, and I was making sure to take care of her. I got meals on wheels set up for her. I did everything I could to make sure she was happy right, with my limited resources. Right. But once a day, in my mother's poverty, she could drive down to McDonald's or whatever place that, you know, Jack in the Box, whatever it was, and she could get a hamburger. She could get some French fries. She could drink a Diet Coke, okay? In her poverty, that's something she could control. And she probably did it more often than she should have. But thing is, who's going to shit on her? She's a poor woman who's a widow who uh, is on seven to 10 medications and all those doctors are making sure she's on those medications, but she wanted to go get some fast food once a day. Okay. And here are my sisters telling me that in her own meditations, my mama talked to her when she was dead and said that she ate too much. And that's the only thing she's, she's going to take on. Now I'm going to tell you what I interpreted that. Okay. I think that's full of shit. I think that's a shitty thing. I think that's not a heartfelt thing. And I don't think a spirit who recently lost its body is going to be thinking about its body. Okay. In my understanding, that's not going to be the case. That's something that's diluted and that's something that's self-serving. Okay. Now I got some personal feelings about that. You can disagree or not agree on that. Although I'm going to sit there and go, 
you may have the biggest house in the block and you may live 20 minutes from me, although your own daughters tell me you don't love them. Your own daughters say you beat them sometimes. Okay, and you're going to tell me that the thing that mama told you because she trusted you so much that she was crying the night she died and sobbing about that. And she did that with two of her other daughters, talked about how horrific you were to her. You're going to say she said that? And I'm, I'm like, and so I find that offensive. Now, the thing is, okay, I acknowledge the offense. I go, I got to let that go. But how do you get to that place where you're still enough that you're realizing that you ain't projecting a transfer and that you can hear that quiet, still voice, okay? How do you know that's going to be you or it's not projection? See, the thing is, ultimately, you ain't going to know, not till you get to the other side, okay? And, um, but what does that look like? How do you make a space where you could get an earnest, honest response, okay? Because I've heard from my mother this week, and I want to tell you a bit about how I cultivated a space where I could hear her, okay? All right, so... I was listening to a meditation uh, guru or a person that I follow quite a bit called Abraham Hicks. Uh, she's from Esther and Jerry Hicks, and I've referred to her several times in my, um, my content here. Um, her husband passed away, Jerry, and Jerry and Esther were a beautiful couple. I'm learning more about them in it just by reading their book, Ask It Is and It Is Given. Ask It Is Given is that book. But he passed away, and she was full of grief and mourning, and she didn't know how to receive him. Now, Abraham Hicks is a channeler. So she has non-physical entities talking through her as part of her work. So when her husband died and transitioned, in her mind, intellectually and spiritually, she should be able to feel just as joyful as she wanted to, you know, or just as joyful as they had been. And she should hear him as clearly as he was before. And she was struggling with it. She couldn't get him his voice on the other side. So... Uh, she was very perplexed by this, and she was in her prayer and meditation and asking these non-physical entities that call themselves Abraham Hicks. She said, you know, I can't seem to hear him, and, and he's passed, and I'm sad, and I miss him, right? Well, her spirits, and Abraham told her finally, after kind of seeking this out and really trying to get still to hear this man, uh, she said, look, they said to her, look for them where they are, not where they used to be. Look for them where they are. Okay. Well, that's kind of profound because where are they now? Okay. Uh, when we're missing people that are dead, we're looking at them where their bodies used to be. We're looking at them how they used to worry about their aches and their pains and things like that. The first thing that happens apparently when you cross over, if you listen to near-death experiences and such, is that you're embraced in overwhelming love and joy and happiness and you're full of love, a profound, deep sense of I love you to the core and there's nothing that you can do that's going to make take that away from me. I, I, I see you as a spirit of God. See, that's part of what some people perceive to be this other spiritual realm that embraces us and just is surrounding us, okay? So this week, for example, myself, um, you know, I'm evaluating, hearing Esther talking about a mate who's reemerging into non-physical entity energy because he's dead now. So Esther talked about this process of getting still enough to hear them. And to understand that anything that worried or bothered them on this side is not something they're thinking about. They're still as eager and active as they were beforehand, right? The thing is, they're not going to be associated with negative thoughts, according to the teacher, Abraham Hicks. So in her theory, she had to clean up her vibration. And when you think about them, you remove the sorrow and the grief and replace it with the eagerness and the interest from their vantage point. For example, they're not going to be thinking about their body. And I'll refer back to the Jeff Mara podcast on YouTube 
or the Seth Speaks books or um, Hello from Heaven. These are three different books that talk about this process of uh, non-physical entities communicating with physical entities, us, right? <clears throat> so I really loved kind of responding and chewing on the fact that um, I probably in the past three months listened to over 50 different near-death experiencers talk about crossing over. And that's part of an interest that's been in my family because we communicate with spirits in a different way or we have from a long time, for a long time. So the concept I bring to you or that I mull over is that this week when my mother was talking to me after I was evaluating a sister of mine who's verbally abusive, yet she's part of my name. She helped choose my name partially on my birth certificate, you know. However, she's, I struggle all the time to have compassion and forgive her. Uh, she may have early onset dementia. Okay, so there's this process of, Dan, and maybe you've dealt with that, trying to figure out how to be compassionate and forgive someone who is very hurtful repeatedly to you, right? So I was praying about that and talking to mom. And she started talking to me, okay? And it was silent. It was quiet. And I had just been in prayer and meditation and I chosen to give myself about 15 minutes after I actively sit down and listen to my audios to just listen. And when I was talking about the sister of mine, um, I heard my mama pipe up in this real quiet voice. And she just goes, "She's her brain isn't capable of hearing you as it is now. And it's a physical manifestation and a physical block, you know? One way I get to the point where I can talk to the dead and set still for the dead is I spend at least 15, 20 minutes getting right, and then I spend about 10, 15 minutes listening and then writing down things. Maybe that's something you can do to bring those that you love about closer to you. And understand, too, that you may project all kinds of things and transfer all kinds of things that may or may not be in their voice, although the most authentic thing is to listen to what they used to say and see if that would align with what they perceived. Because somebody who doesn't have their body anymore isn't going to be thinking about their body, are they? <laughs> anyway, thank you for coming here to the house on Valencia Street where we think about all kinds of wackadoodle shit. And guess what? My mama likes to call me kiddo. And sometimes when we're in meditation and prayer, that's what she calls me. It's one of her, no one of her things I know. It's her talking. So anyway, know that you're never alone here at the house on Valencia Street. You're never alone. Not here. Okay? <laughs>